When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. All right, here we go. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here today with my lovely cousin, Shelby. And if you want to introduce yourself, go right ahead. Okay. Well, I'm Shelby, not Shelby. It's really Shelby. Anyway, so um, I'm Marnie Vinge's cousin, thankfully, and um, I'm here just pretty much to kind of help her out, and I'm super interested in what she's doing with the podcast right now, especially because we both have, like, the same interest with the creepy stuff. Oh, yeah. Crime and all of that. Halloween. Yeah. Halloween's our favorite. Yes. Yeah. I I even have, like, pictures of us when we were kids. Like, there's this one. I think it's still in the fridge in there, like, um, of you, me, and Dustin. And I I had on a witch hat. It was actually, like, Ruby's witch hat, which Ruby was my dog when I was growing up, and we had bought her a witch costume. And so it was, like, this little teeny tiny hat on top of my head. And then I forget what you were, but Dustin was Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. Oh, I'm sure he was a witch. He was always a witch. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think you... Okay. Yeah. I think... I think think till I got to high school, I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Like, witches are fun. That was my favorite season of... um, American Horror Story was mm-hmm. Coven. So, um, Shelby is here today with me to talk about something that a listener requested, and it turned into, like, this whole thing. Like, it's it was crazy, but um, it's the Sacred Heart mission in Sacred Heart, Oklahoma. So, um, I'm just going to jump right in to some of the background of this place and this area. And then we'll get into Shelby and I, what our experience was when we went there on Mother's Day. Because that's kind of, it's kind of interesting, kind of fun. And I think you guys will like it. But right up front, I got to give a disclaimer that I was asked to give by the people from Sacred Heart. And that is, please, 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 please don't trespass. Um, There are people that live out there and it's, you know, it's not fun when someone is coming up on your private property in the middle of the night especially when they're drinking and like trying to have a party yeah partying like on your private property like they do not enjoy that they would be more than happy to give you a tour in the daytime um so call them ask about that there's lots of history there so anyway we'll get right to it now so the township um sacred heart is considered a small unincorporated community it was once home to the sacred heart mission a catholic mission located on native land but is now a ghost town um it's located nine miles east of us 177 and all of my research said that it was in asher oklahoma and it is near asher like we drove through asher when we went to Mm -hmm. went there um but someone on instagram did tell me that it's actually 
um, Sacred Heart is like the community and that's what people say. Like I live in Sacred Heart, yes. like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've noticed, I noticed this during the storms that we were having um, a couple weeks back. And like, obviously we had storms this morning, but um, on like when Damon Lane or um, David Payne would be talking about like where the storms were coming like they would say it was going through sacred heart yes, and i was I, like i've I been there that and i was like oh my gosh they're actually calling it like sacred heart yeah interesting i think it's really cool that they keep that though mm-hmm. because it keeps the historic you know yeah the oh yeah into yeah it. so i think that's really neat yeah i thought it was cool um so the community that was there kind of revolved around the workings of the mission that was there and when the mission began to fall apart and move on to other parts of the state the community kind of lost its footing with the with the mission and ultimately the post office was closed in 1954 so um the mission in october of 1876 father isidore robo which it's spelled like r-o-b-o-t but it's french so it's robo um made a deal with the potawatomi indians for a tribal grant of land which included the site where sacred heart still sits what's left of it um, and it was not uncommon at the time for Catholic and Protestant missionaries to go to tribal lands and kind of exert influence in that way. Um, in one of the documents I read when I was researching this, it referred to what the Catholic missionaries were doing as, quote, setting a good example for the native children. And I found that highly problematic. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought that was. And Marissa and I kind of got into this on the OU episode that we did talking about um some of the schools the catholic schools for like native children they would do things like um and i don't have any documentation of this happening at sacred heart so i'm not attacking sacred heart or anything like that but um in some of the places and i found articles that supported this about schools that were throughout the u.s and parts of canada um they would enforce the cutting of their hair Mm -hmm. they would have them change their names to english names and do their best to obliterate the native language right so it's very it's a it's kind of a dark dark part of um oklahoma and american history Mm -hmm. um and there's a page on the oklahoma historical society's website that you can check out um it's their page about american indians and christianity and there is a quote from an author named clyde ellis that says Quote, between the Civil War and the 1890s, federal policymakers and mission groups intensified their efforts in the western half of Indian Territory. In 1869, federal officials inaugurated the Peace Policy, a church-led, reservation-based assimilation program rooted in the belief that missionaries were the most effective agents of the government's civilization agenda. So, when we were there, the man that lives there, um, he kind of told us that one of the things that they don't really talk about i think in the catholic community is the word assimilation when it comes to the native Mm -hmm. the missions on native lands and i I, like i understand i understand that you know you don't want to acknowledge that part of a bad history but you kind of have to because that's a really assimilation was a really terrible thing that was happening part of history too yeah oh yeah it's important yeah exactly i think the bad parts are maybe even more important Mm -hmm. than the good parts because it's like it's like when people um like deny the holocaust or Mm -hmm. things like that it's like it's history it's history you know you can't you can't deny it and also like to kind of try to skirt over it and like not talk about it because it's not pleasant is I don't think that's helpful for anyone. No. So, um, well, and you can just still like see and 
um, the tension. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The effects. Yes. Still to this day. And it's Mm -hmm. been how many years? I mean, hundreds of years. We've seen tombstones that we could barely read the names. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So the peace policy, um, this is a little bit about that from... Uh, a website called Native Voices, and this says, quote, President Ulysses S. Grant advances a peace policy to remove corrupt Indian agents who supervise reservations and replace them with Christian missionaries whom he deems morally superior. So basically, like, taking the Native agents who were in charge of the reservations out and putting Christian missionaries in, you know, to exert Mm -hmm. Christian... Right. Influence over over that area, um, and then here's a quote from Clifford Trafzer. I think that is how you say his last name. It's T R A F Z E R, and this is from American Indians slash American Presidents: A History from 2009, um, and this is his quote about the peace policy and what it meant in reality. So. Quote, in reality, the peace policy rested on the belief that Americans had the right to dispossess Native peoples of their lands, take away freedoms, and send them to reservations where missionaries would teach them how to farm, read and write, wear Euro-American clothing, and embrace Christianity. If Indians refused to move to reservations, they would be forced off their homelands by soldiers. So, I mean, needless to say, this is, it's it's a dark part of, of Oklahoma history. Um, and so Sacred Heart came to be there on the Potawatomi land. Um, And Sunday, May 13th, 1877, um, Sacred Heart held its first mass. The actual mission was not like permanently occupied. People didn't start moving in until June 7th of that year, um, which is regarded as the actual founding of the parish. Um, And I believe that while we were there, he told us that the um, men who founded it, uh, Robo and I can't remember... The other guy's name he told me, but um, he said that they went to Louisiana first Mm -hmm. and then they ended up coming to Oklahoma. And he he did make a joke about uh, something about that. And I it was pretty funny. But um, so 1880, St. Mary's Academy is established on the property for the education of girls. Um, The Sacred Heart Institute is established for the education of boys. Then in 1884, a convent, a school for the girls, stables, employees' houses, blacksmith shop, tool house, carpenter shop, and bakery are established. Um, and in the bakery, there are there are different accounts of this, and we talked about this with the gentleman that lives there, um, that some of the accounts say that the sisters baked 500 French loaves each day. Um, and whether or not it was 500 each day or 500 each week, mm-hmm. it was a very highly occupied place, and like booming with activity um it was a farm with orchards gardens vineyards fields and herds of animals um it was very agriculturally developed um and one of the things that it said that i found that i kind of had a problem with this wording was that it provided quote a model for the indian boys to copy um and that's from wikipedia um Sacred Heart College, yeah, (laughs) yeah, um, Sacred Heart College was established offering secondary and higher education for boys and later boys elementary education in 1926. And when we were when we first arrived, um, the father that currently works at the church that does have mass at this point in time told us that um, Tony Hillerman actually is someone that attended 
the school there. Mm-hmm. And so if you guys are fans of Southwestern suspense mystery novels, you know who Tony, Tony Hillerman is. Um, my mom's a huge fan of his. Um, and also the other person who had a connection there is Jim Thorpe, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. So, and then in 1888 to 1910, um, the newspaper, The Indian Advocate, was published in the Bakery Building, um, and it was the mission's own publication. Um, And then 1901 comes, and the fire happens. So, there is this huge fire that breaks out on January 15th, 1901. And this is kind of, um, I think this is where some of the urban legends come from like Mm -hmm. the of it being haunted but there's some interesting things about this that i think you guys will like that okay so i'm just i'm just gonna get right into it okay so that night a fire broke out in the dining room of the indian boys school and the way it was laid out you can look at maps of the place and actually if you go there into the um sanctuary there is like a diorama yeah it's really cool it is really cool basically a 3d layout yes yeah of like exactly how it looked the night that the fire happened Mm -hmm. like everything before the fire and there there was like a big long hall and the bakery and like all these different areas so to see that diorama and see like where all the fire wiped out made a bigger impact than what i can telling you that it wiped out a lot of a lot of it it swept out of control the fire destroyed the monastery the boys school the girls school the convent and the church um everything was destroyed except for a few small buildings and the only buildings that you can see today are the bakery and the two-story log cabin which we went into the bakery we did not go into the two-story log cabin um and they used temporary wooden buildings to continue the boys' school. The sisters moved a quarter mile east and established St. Mary's Academy. Mass was then celebrated in a converted granary. And the present church that's actually there that you can go in where they have the diorama and they actually have services still to this day um, was started in 1905 but not completed until 1914 and um something that i learned while we were there and i don't know if you knew this but did you did you hear the part where he was telling us that every catholic church has a relic yes okay okay i like super interested in that because um you know i have some family like background that is catholic yeah. so i know about it but it's just he- seeing it for yourself and actually hearing about it from somebody in a catholic church is a whole different experience yeah and like knowing that it's in there and so like so like basically a relic i believe from what we were told is something that is either a body part or it has touched the body of a saint yes so it's either the body part of a saint or something that has touched the body part, body of a saint. Um, so it could be like a ring or a, um, I guess it could be a piece of clothing. Um, and I can't remember what they told us about that relic that's there. I think there's some kind of confusion about like whose it is or mm-hmm. what what kind of what what it is. Um, but anyway, they have one there and they have one at all Catholic churches apparently, which I thought was cool because I'm I was not raised Catholic and. Um, Catholic. Well, and it's different as an adult to see it because oh, as yeah. a kid and you're sitting in, you know, church and mm-hmm. you're seeing him, you know, lean down and kiss mm-hmm. what you thought was just a table and you think, you're like, oh, okay, he's, you know, weird. I don't know. Yeah. A five-year-old, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So then it's like, oh, okay, that's what he's doing. Like, that's, yeah. you know, and we all have different opinions, obviously. That's just a, you know, mm-hmm. everyone has a different religion. But then I was kind of like at first taken back, like, this kind of 
weird, kind of creepy, but like, yeah. I was like, it's kind of cool because I'm it like, is. you know how I am. I'm so oh, really yeah. cool about stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, is there a bone in there or? Right. Like, is it a ring? Is it <laughs> yeah. a bone? Like, is it, what is it? Yeah. It was, um, that's really, really fascinating to yeah, me. Yeah, it is. Um, so after the fire and in that fire, like a lot of people, when they talk about the haunting and we'll get into this, they talk about seeing like monks and nuns and stuff. Mm-hmm. No one died in the fire. No one. No one. No yeah. one died. Okay. So no one died in that fire. Um, then in 1910, the Benedictines left Sacred Heart to build St. Gregory's College in Shawnee, which um, later became St. Gregory's University, which is still there. Um, there is the Benedictine Hall at the university, and it's over 100 years old. It features Tudor Gothic architecture, and it's really beautiful if you've never seen it. Um, it opened its doors for high school and college in 1913. And then an elementary school for boys continued at Sacred Heart until 1926. By the 1930s, the transfer of much of the activity of Sacred Heart was complete. Um, It reverted to use as a priory after other functions had moved out. The priory closed in 1965, and that was kind of around the time when the post office had left town and stuff like that. Um, So significant buildings on the property. Um, The Sacred Heart Catholic Church is the most significant building on the property, and that's the church building that we went into. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yes. (laughs) And the father that works there told us that um, the walls... They built the the church to be as fireproof as possible, so they poured concrete into the walls, Mm -hmm. and he said that they were working basically around the clock, like, because it was at a time when they didn't have the capabilities that we do now to pour... Concrete the way we do, yeah. Exactly, yeah. They had to constantly... Like, fill the buckets and go up the ladder and, like, one after another, yeah. Uh, So that was really, really cool, and there's um, some stories about the stained glass windows, there's actually a window in there that um, it's, if you look at it, it's like, it looks, one side of it looks to be a slightly different shade, I think, of green or blue than the other side. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom it says, um, it's got the names of the people who the window is in honor of or right. whatever. But there's some, like, speculation. I think it said, like, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, but the mm-hmm. story was that apparently he had had an affair. Yeah. So what she... Um, didn't use his name, and when they re, I guess revamped the church or mm-hmm. remodeled it, um, they added the Mister in there. Yes, so yeah. I think that's what it was. I think that's what mm-hmm. it was too. Yeah, it was kind of. It was, was kind really of kind of cool because I mean, I'm like, okay, you go, girl. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah especially. Out, yeah, yeah. yeah um, especially like at that time, that's pretty cool for her to kind yeah. of do that. Um, so. And the church is located at the top of Bald Hill, which is the name of the hill, the the highest point in Pottawatomie County. Um, and there are two cemeteries. Uh, okay, so there's there's actually like the newer cemetery that is out in front of the new. I say new, the nineteen like what was it nineteen? Um, lost my place in the outline. Um, Okay, the newer church that was built, the one that we went into, there's the cemetery that's out in front of it, which Mm -hmm. is the one we were walking through to begin with. Um, And those have, like, newer graves and stuff like that, like people who have died much more recently. And then in the back um, is the the, the, um, cemetery for the Sisters of Mercy and one for the Abbey, which is, I believe, the Benedictines. Yes. And some people think that... 
like some one of the rumors is that um, the smaller headstones are is a cemetery full of children. Yes, that's what we thought going into yes. it too. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was that's thinking, what I was very said. interested. Yeah. And I was like, as sad as it may seem, I wanted to go and see the baby's headstones, yeah. and it turns out that's not. It's what not. They are. It's <laughs> the Sisters of Mercy. Yes. And also another thing, another misconception that people have is that in the cemetery for the Abbey is that there are no women, and there actually are some women yes. in that cemetery mm-hmm. um, because. Being Benedictine does not just mean that it's monks. Like there were also sisters who were part of right. that order. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of kind of interesting. Um, lots of stuff like I didn't know about Catholicism, and I still don't know very well. Um, but anyway, okay. So let's let's get into what I'm sure you guys have tuned into here is the hauntings. Yes. So when I was looking into this, a listener contacted me with a story from um, two of his friends, and I'm going to quote the message. Um, it says, I have two friends that swear they've encountered high strangeness when there. For example, disembodied voices, animals acting very terrified, strange lights with no visible source, and um, and they also told him that everyone in the area knows about the place. And so I completely, like, I completely believe that. Um mm-hmm that it's probably a pretty notorious place because it is so much of a, an alleged tripping location that there is a sheriff's deputy that sits out there at night and monitors it, monitors it, waiting for people to come out there so that he can be like, go away Mm -hmm. or arrest them. Um, But yet there's still a bunch of kids. Even even when we went out there, there was beer bottles. I mean, they were saying because after security leaves, they still come out there and, Mm -hmm. And I get it, you know, as a teenager, it, yeah. I'm like, probably something that I would have done, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I, totally I did not do it. that, Mother, right. by the way, <laughs> yeah. but I would have loved to. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, he was also explaining about the reason why, you know, they don't pick up their trash. Yeah. Um, and they're there's, loud. there's some damage yeah. and they're yes. loud, um, you know, to the bo- to the um, log cabin. Yes. We couldn't even go in yeah. because there was damage and it wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. And that's sad because you should be able to, you know, do that. But they don't want to ruin the yeah the form of the ca- cabin because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's original and that's what is yeah. about history. And what, what's so, so cool about it. Right. Yeah. And um, so... When I was looking into it, like, the first kind of thing I did was, first I contacted Shelby and I was like, hey, like, I want to go to this place and check it out. And we're going to go in the daytime because we're not going to trespass because I'm not about getting arrested. Like, I'm just not, I'm not that spicy. (laughs) So I'm not that, like, I'm not that exciting. Um, So we started looking into things and there was a website called hauntedplaces.org where I found a description of the phenomenon that kind of matches up almost to the letter to what this listener contacted me with. Um, it said, quote, people have reported seeing the apparitions of monks and priests walking around the site and also seeing animals that disappear and make strange noises late at night. A shadowy apparition has been seen in the basement of the mission and cries, moans, and screams have been heard in the vicinity of the church building. In the nearby cemetery heavy breathing and ghostly voices have been reported as well as growling noises of animals when there is no one around strange lights have been seen floating around the graveyard late at night and then the early hours of the morning 
And then there's also an account from hauntedhovel.com by Amanda Terry that says, it is said, if you go late at night around midnight, I really like this one, mm-hmm. and flash your lights three, time it's tr- three times at the padlock gates, then you turn down the road and turn around and come back, the gates will be open. The story is that when you flash your lights, you're telling the dead that you want to come in. But if you walk into the cemetery, you will not make it out. I've never heard of anyone that went in and made it out to tell what happens. It's also said that murders and human sacrifices have been made there. Okay, so that's a little slightly more dramatic yeah, than the first account. Bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay, so um, what I really want to talk about is, okay, so this gentleman that we met, um, and I won't name him in case, because he and the father who worked there, um, so when we got there, we went into the cemetery in the front because I didn't really realize that there was th- that it wasn't. I had no idea that right. it was so lo- big. There were yes. so many acres of land. And yes, this huge historical. And it's all in the back is right. the mission. So, um, so we came, we went into the cemetery, started looking around, like at the old cemetery, and the father came up and he asked me if there was anyone in particular that I was looking for, and I said no. I I told him that who I am and who I'm with and um, what I was doing there, and. I could tell that he was apprehensive. Apprehensive, yes, yeah. Which no, no fault of his, right? Like, I mean, I, I would, honestly wasn't surprised about that at all. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, because what do you expect when you go? You know what I mean? To yeah. places like that, they're gonna be. They're not gonna are you embrace. A reporter? Like, yeah. no, we're not into this type of thing. We don't want tourism mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, I get that. Oh, I, I, I get it. Yeah. So he, but he was very kind and very um, accommodating, and he took us inside showed it gave us like a lot of history of what i just told you guys he gave us that um he showed us the diorama of what the church used to look like um he showed us like he he gave us all kinds of information and then this other gentleman showed up who um i believe was not didn't work for the church in the same capacity as someone like the father but he was kind of like the groundskeeper and he Mm -hmm. lives out there and so then he said he was like we don't usually do impromptu tours of the mission, Mm -hmm. but then this other family showed up Mm -hmm. like randomly. They showed up, they were Catholic. Um, They had some kids with them and it was a husband and wife and their kids. And they came in, they were kind of getting the same information that we were. Um, They were not there for spooky reasons. They were there for completely nice reasons. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Opposite reasons that we were there. Yeah, exactly. And um, so this gentleman said, well, I don't, we don't usually give impromptu tours, but you guys look like a group to me, so I'll take you back there. Right. So we got very lucky. We got very, well, very lucky. Well, it seemed like he really enjoyed yes, that. He, like, he was he very did. passionate about the history oh, yeah. and everything. Which yeah. is really cool. I mean, you know, I feel like a place like that does deserve to be, you know, everywhere. Yeah. For people to hear about and come see and things like that. Um, but it is kind of hard to kind of keep the you know, the piece as well. Yeah. So many people. Right. Yeah. And one of the things he told us was that, um, after we, so I'll, I'll back up, I'll go through this kind of in the order that happened. So we, um, we went down this long gravel road that led to the gates of the mission. And as, after we parked at the end where the gates are, these are the gates that supposedly you flash your lights at to like, let the dead know you Mm -hmm. want to come in. So, um, this gentleman tells us like, once we get to the gate and he unlocks it, that, night he sits up at the top of the hill in his pickup truck and he will kill his lights so that he can like turn them on whenever someone shows up at the gate right which i thought was kind of funny because it kind of 
goes with goes yeah. with what people say they're mm-hmm. experiencing. And um, he lives back in the area where the mission is. So like he he is a firsthand experiencer of the trespassing. So it really affects him. Mm-hmm. It's that is his yeah, home. Yeah. yeah. So he he is not not a fan. Right. And um he was the one who asked me if I would do the disclaimer right off the top to let you guys know please mm-hmm. don't trespass, but they would be happy to give you a tour. Right. Because one of the things he told us was one of the ways they're trying to combat the trespassing is to give these tours and kind of try to tell people about what's really gone on out there and stuff like that. Um so we walked in um and I can totally see how it would be the kind of place that, like, would have urban legends about it. Like, I can imagine mm-hmm. it being spooky at night. I, I mean, can... yeah, and even during the day, there's something very, um, I don't even know what the word is, kind of creepy, mm-hmm. um, kind of dark about it. Because, you know, it, it was pretty hot that day, and mm-hmm. I feel like back there in the cemetery areas, it was just dark like it seemed it was. like the clouds just kind of came kind in and it was like a very foggy like it was mm-hmm. kind of creepy and eerie um so i mean that is kind of creepy in itself and you gotta yeah. think about how old these cemeteries are you wouldn't believe i mean if you see the pictures on instagram that you've mm-hmm. posted they you don't can't do it read. Justice. no yeah. you cannot read anything on them because they were literally sketched in there with probably rock or mm-hmm. stone or and the headstones barely have any shape to them. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty much like picking up a huge rock and just trying to etch their mm-hmm. name in and just placing it there. I yeah. mean, it's insane. They're definitely weathered and worn yes. and um, have been there for a very long time. And, you know, with a cemetery like that, you know, I, I think if you were someone who subscribes to um, energies of places kind of making an impact on whether or not there might be haunting there i could certainly see how the dark history of this place lends itself Mm -hmm. to the idea that there might be some energy impressions for sure that you know could be part of the haunting um and so i thought what i thought was like the most fun though was it seems like almost all of the things that people are experiencing can be attributed to the guy that lives there. Yes, for sure. Like the voices. Um, let's see, what were some of the things? There were the voices. Um, animal noises. Animal noises, which... which okay, yes. yeah. When <laughs> we like, were, into that because yeah. that's important. So this was really funny. Um, when we got to the end of the tour and we had gone in the bakery, well, one of the things, I'll tell this first... Um, the guy who lives there, he told us uh, that one night he went out and he was walking around and he heard some noises and he knew that people were out there trespassing. And so he went into the bakery and you can go down in the basement of the bakery. Mm-hmm. And he went down in there and there were these two girls that were ghost hunting. Yes. And he caught them and he was just like, oh my gosh, like just kind of annoyed. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think he like turned them in or anything like that, but he was just... He, you know, he was like, oh, gosh, here we go again. Yeah. Um, and they had, like, totally freaked themselves out. Um, probably hearing noises that he was making as he was, right. like, coming around the area and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, when we got done with, like, touring the area, um, we were kind of out in the middle of, like, the open area where the mission used to be. The bakery's behind us. Log cabin's behind us. Um, 
and we're standing in this like clearing where there are trees surrounding us. So if it anything, almost, it's, I think it's at dust. this time. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like seven o'clock, so it's yeah. starting to you know sunset. So it's yes. getting creepy now. Yeah, it's getting it's it's getting to like a little bit of a spooky time when you're out. Like if if you're not used to nature or whatever, and I live out in the country, so like. And you, where you grew up, yeah, I know that, so, yeah, I know that I knew exactly coyotes right. like are right out mm-hmm. back. Like we were over there the other night and I had to call Boomer to me yes. because, um, Boomer I mean, is her creepy. parents' dog. Don't, yeah. Yeah. They're creepy. Don't get me wrong. Right. You know. But they're not, it's not anything like I'm not afraid of them coming to get me. No. I, I am afraid of them coming to get my little dog. Oh, for like sure. that that's for real but okay so we're standing out in this open field and all of a sudden a coyote howls over to the east and then another one howls over to the west and then another one howls to the south and the north and all these directions these coyotes Basically start in a circle is what it started yes. to sound like and it sounded like they were surrounding us yes that's what was so creepy yeah about it to me and i wasn't freaking out i was right. just kind of like either. okay this is kind of creepy but it's yeah. cool until the ladies started freaking out. Then I, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> that was maybe we should leave. <laughs> yeah. So the woman that was with the family that was there who the went mom, on this, yeah. the mom, uh, she kind of, I don't think she was probably familiar with the country or anything no. like that. Um, and she kind of, she was like, what are they doing? And um, somebody made a joke about something and I said, I said, well, they're coordinating. And she, she started laughing and she was like, oh, ha ha ha. And I was, and then the guy was like, no, that's what they're doing. Like they're, they're coordinating. They're trying to like see where each, each of them is in relation to whatever they're trying to attack. And, you know, and I'm like, they're not going to come after us. Coyotes are not going to come after. I have never had a coyote come after me. So, um, I was not really that scared, but she was like, we kept talking, we kept standing there Mm -hmm. talking about stuff. And she was like, can we can we go back now? Yeah. Like, can we start walking? And it was really I I felt he, bad for her. Yeah. The but, guy I think was kind of laughing inside too because he was just like, oh, okay, sure, yeah, let's yeah. go. You know. Yeah. He was he he was kind of like us. Like I think he was very used to it and um, all oh, that. For sure. One of the things I asked him was, where do you think the reputation for this place being um, a spooky place, a haunted place, a place where urban legends are um being talked about where do you think that came from and i i speculated that it was the fire mm-hmm. and he told me something that i liked even more than that mm-hmm. and that is that when this stuff started like i think the fire started it initially like the the scary legends about the mm-hmm. place but there were some monks who lived there back long time ago who enjoyed propagating yeah this stuff as in dressing up like ghosts mm-hmm. and scaring the people that would trespass. So that to me was an even like more fun layer yes. of this than anything like um, anything that could have been true about the haunting. I thought this right. was even more fun, like that they would, you know, be into scaring people mm-hmm. that much. They dress up like ghosts and like, yeah, exactly. do all these things like to spook people. And I think that that was really fun. So, um, so KOCO did a story on the place back in 2014 um and this is kind of like 
at Halloween, this is a big hot spot for trespassing. Mm-hmm. Like Halloween, people go out there to ghost hunt. They go out there to like scare each other. They go out there just like people do with the purple church or with the crybaby bridge and more or the kitchen lake witch and more. Mm-hmm. Um, they go out there to try to scare themselves. But which, by the way, when you were in high school, did you ever hear anything about the kitchen lake witch? I remember hearing something, but I could not tell you. I couldn't remember. Like specifics? I mean, yeah, like specifics. Um, just one of those things that kind of went around town. Um, okay. Just like Crybaby Bridge. But I also heard that Crybaby Bridge was at like three different locations. Yes. So it was yeah. very hard. To, you know, rumors go around just like this place and mm-hmm. they get started and they get twisted around. So it's, it's like hard to like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so hard. Yeah. And also I think... Um, I went to, I think I've mentioned this on here before, that the presentation I went to about Bigfoot, where the guy presented the theory that, like, and everyone I tell this to laughs at me when I tell them, but his theory was that the crybaby bridges, the reason that they are, like, everywhere, Mm -hmm. and they're everywhere in Oklahoma especially, I know that there are other places too, but he had, like, compiled a map of all the crybaby bridges and like marked them mm-hmm. on the map and you guys can hear oscar tap dancing in the background um and his theory was that the crybaby bridges were actually locations where people had heard like bigfoot making noises i mean i mean who knows you, like you i don't know here's the thing you know how Hi, much i just love stuff like that so yeah. it's like i don't know if i believe in it but i don't want to say that i don't because what if it Who really knows? is? And yeah. Would be, I mean, it would be explainable if Bigfoot was real. Right. It yeah. really would. Yeah. Um, it'd be more explainable, I guess, easier to explain than, I guess, a ghost. Yeah. But either way, it's kind of neat to right. see. Hey, man, he is excited to see you today. He's like, man, you haven't been here in a while. Oscar is making his appearance on the podcast that he always makes whenever I have it at my house. Um. But yeah, so I I think that, I don't know, urban legends are just like my favorite thing ever. I think it's so fun how they're everywhere, mm-hmm. like the Crybaby Bridges, like the Purple Church, like all of this stuff. Um, and someone recently contacted me with a story about something that I'm going to look into. Um, she sent me the nicest email, which shout out to you, listener, who sent me that email. Um, it made my night. Um, but she told me a story that completely overlaps with everything in the purple church story but it's in a different county Hmm. and i think that that is what's so fascinating is like they all have these elements that are similar and we have this need to like keep telling these stories Mm -hmm. and keep scaring ourselves and like this rite of passage type thing where you know i guess you're like earning your place among your peers or something like Mm -hmm. proving that you can be scared and not be a baby about it which by the way like i would be uh, the biggest baby like oh yeah don't get me wrong if something actually happened yeah you know i'd probably scream like a little girl i'm not gonna lie oh i would be worse but i mean i i would be okay with it afterwards as long as i live and i'm okay and i don't get hurt it'd be a great story i would be like oh my gosh this was amazing yeah don't get me wrong i'm probably gonna scream like a little girl oh yeah i will be (laughs) i will be worse than useless for anybody who anybody who like wants me to go to like a haunted place with them they they don't understand like i'm i'm just i'm a huge baby about that stuff um that being said i am going to try to go to a haunted location this summer with marissa and we're gonna try to see what we can put together in terms of an episode about that but 
I'll probably be a big baby and be like making her hold my hand the whole time. So that should, that should be interesting. But, um, okay. So KOCO did a story on the place back in 2014. Um, it was at Halloween time and sheriff, sheriff's deputies sit out at Halloween and also all the, uh, like around the rest of the year, they sit out there. Um, they wait for people to trespass and then arrest them. Um, it is trespassing. If you go at night, don't do that. It's illegal. Nobody wants to get arrested. It's not fun. Um, so, but the guy in the video, um, which I believe was a sheriff's deputy, was convinced that he had actually seen devil worshiping going on with some people who had ventured back into the mission at night. And I'm like, I don't know how much of that is true and how much of that is a holdover from like right. the satanic panic. Right. Well, and that's what we talked about too was obviously that's so long ago and even today everybody perceives things so differently that that yeah. person it was dark yeah not saying that that's not what was going on it totally could have been right. um but it could have been like you, you know Any saying, number of a bunch of yeah. kids and they were just maybe they um were doing some bad things you mm-hmm. know with animals or something but um you know you just never know you never yeah. know exactly what actually happened and if somebody made them mad and so they started a rumor you just never yeah. know right so yeah you you don't know um i think this one was super fun like it was i had so much fun investigating it and like getting to talk to the people who actually were there um this was this was one of the first times that i actually got to go out on a location and that was super super fun um but yeah i'm so grateful to shelby for coming and doing this with me on mother's day um and like we had such a good time we definitely are going to do it again so but yeah thank you for being here and if you have any anything you want to plug like instagram or anything like that yeah go for it um so i have an instagram page and it is at shelby styles it is also my hairstylist page because i am a hairstylist yes um my phone number is on there um and i also um work in the cannabis industry mm-hmm. so i'm super um i'm kind of new to it like six months in um but i'm super excited about it because it's something that i'm really passionate about you know helping people medically but yeah obviously i i'm not a nurse i've got two kids and um a lifetime of craziness so yeah. you know i use <laughs> i do a lot of different things but um helping people is just one of the main things that i just I like doing so I found two careers that I enjoy doing that with um aside from having the hobby like this of just being spooky and yeah <laughs> liking That's all the spooky super stuff fun. yeah yeah so I'm super glad you were on and um I'll definitely have to have you back for um, sure so I think the only things I've got are the Instagram at Irioki and I'm not posting super much to the Facebook uh, page just because I don't like Facebook that much. Um, But I do post in the Facebook group, which is Eerie Okies. And I also have my writing Instagram, which is at Eerie Okie Press. And I posted, I've been posting some flash fiction there on Fridays. And I'm getting ready to uh, publish a short story that will be available on Amazon. So um, stay tuned for that, you guys. And just keep sending me emails. Keep contacting me with your stories. I love it. It Makes my day. So um, with that all being said, stay spooky.